I sense the Spirit of God working in our midst here this morning. Amen. Uh, God has been so good to each and every one of us when we come together today. and My heart is just filled with great sorrow as I think about, as we talked about earlier, about what took place in Paris Friday evening. Evil is real. Satan is real. And he has one ambition, and that is to bring destruction, whether it is to a city, a nation, whether it is to a home or an individual. A passage of Scripture that comes to my mind today as we go on to study it is the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John is reminding us of the importance of coming to the reality of that there is such a thing called death. Heard about a story one time. A little three-year-old and his 12-year-old were out playing on a pier they were at the boat house there on the lake. And they were just playing, and the 12-year-old was not really paying much attention to the 3-year-old. The father was at the boat house and was left the 12-year-old trying uh, to look after the 3-year-old. Well, he got so involved in what he was doing, he failed to recognize that the little 3-year-old had gotten real close to the edge of the dock. And that little three-year-old saw that aluminum boat, and he thought that he would try to get into that aluminum boat. Had one foot on the boat and one foot on the dock. He lost his balance, and he fell into that cold water. And he plunged beneath that water. The 12-year-old realized that He was in danger and he screamed out and the father came running and certainly you can imagine how the father must have felt that that little three-year-old had gone into those waters. That father dove into that murky water, could not see and he was searching and he could not find the little boy's body. And he came up for air and he went back down almost in a panic. And then all of a sudden as he was about to come back up again, he felt the little boy's arm wrapped around the piling of that dock, that pole. And he was holding on for dear life, he could tell. And he had literally to take his fingers and pull his fingers apart to for him to be released from that pole. And so up comes up out of that water is that little three-year-old with that dad. And the dad said to the little boy once they got their breath, son, why were you holding so tight to that pole? Why weren't you releasing yourself and coming back up? And the little boy says, well, dad, I knew you'd come and get me. As I thought about that story and how that story reminds me that Jesus left the glories of heaven one day 
and he plunged into the murky waters of this world. And there we are sinking in the flood tide of sin. And we're holding on so tight to this world. But oh, thank God that I have the assurance that he, I know that he's coming to get me. And that he has come and he gave his life for me there upon the cross of Calvary. And that he's gone and he's sended back into the heavens. And one day, my friend, he's coming again. As bad, as sad as this world is, this world is not my home. And that Jesus is coming again. And we're going to discover today that Jesus has conquered this thing called death. My friend, the Bible reminds us it's appointed unto man once to die. And then comes judgment. Death is inevitable to all of us. But all the power that we find that that Jesus demonstrates. We are preaching a series of sermons of God's answers to man's needs. And today we're going to look at God's answers to man's death. With your Bibles open, I invite you to turn with me to the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John. I love this passage of Scripture because it reveals humanity, but it also reveals divinity. It tells us about the power that God has and the way that he demonstrates it over this terrible, terrible enemy called death. So with your Bibles open, I invite you to stand with me as we begin to focus on verse 38 and following. Before we turn to verse 38, I want you to look at verse 11 just for a second. It says, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Look at verse 25. And if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you need to underline verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Boy, that's a good place for an amen. Amen. Though he may die, he may live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Amen, I do. And then you'll notice in verse 38, it says that Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days, talking about her brother Lazarus. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, 
Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you will always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said it's a good thing he said Lazarus because had he not said Lazarus, every grave would have opened up and every person would have come forth. The power of God. Lazarus, come forth. Boy, aren't you thankful for the power of God? Father, in Jesus' name, may the Spirit of God speak to our hearts and may the Word of God find a lodging place to encourage us, to convict us, and to instruct us. For your name we praise you, for we ask it in that name. Amen. Amen. may be seated. As I look at this passage of Scripture, I began to notice several wonderful wonderful truths about this thing called death. Death is something that we don't much want to talk about. But number one, we must expect the fact of death. The Bible talks about in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. Now, Lazarus, of course, was one of Jesus' best friends. In fact, the Bible reminds us that when Jesus had received the news that Lazarus had died. The Bible says Jesus wept. He cried. We understand that death brings great pain and sorrow into the hearts and lives of family and friends when it invades our presence, even in the life of Jesus. I hear people say, and I've heard it before, say, ah, you should not cry in the time of death. I don't know where they get that from. My friend, God gives us tears that will release that emotion. Jesus felt like it was important for him to weep. I think it's important for us to weep in a time of death. But here, we find that Jesus was very close to Lazarus, Mary and Martha. This place took place in Bethany. And every time that Jesus would come close to Jerusalem, he would always spend the night with Lazarus, his friend, and Martha and Mary, for they were very, very, very close. And the Bible says Lazarus had become very sick. And Martha had sent out a decree and said, Jesus, come quickly, for my brother is about to die, thinking that Jesus could only get there, that it would, he would save the day. And there Lazarus would not die. Never in her wildest dreams thinking that Jesus would delay, but that he would hurry to the occasion. Well, the Bible says that Jesus deliberately delayed in coming to Lazarus' rescue. See, Martha wanted healing. Jesus wanted a resurrection. And there's a big difference, my friend. But notice what he says. Lazarus is dead. I'll never forget it. March the 8th, 2006. I was sitting at my lunch table and my phone rings. 
And on the other end was my brother. And my brother said these words, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Dad has just died. Devastating. You don't think about death in your own life and in your own family. It's always somebody else. It's always down the road or in somebody else's house, but not in your own house. Not your husband, not your wife, not your mom, not your dad. But for the very first time, it seems like death had invaded my family. Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. My brother said, Dad has just died. Then the thought hit me one day. Somebody's going to say, Kelly has just died. Or that Brother Ken is dead. Or that you fill in the blank with your name. You have just died. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. We understand that the wages of sin is death. Now, we don't like to talk about death. We try to change the terminology of death. We don't like to even use the word death. We say, he has expired. Or he has passed on. We say words like, You know that he has, in fact, the Bible talks about he is asleep. We don't even like to use those words. We don't like to use the terminology. We don't like to talk about death. In fact, if you don't see people change the subject, you just start talking to them about death. And boy, it's just like they got a remote control. They're ready to change the channel in a heartbeat. Because they don't like to talk about death. Give you an example. We talk about life insurance. I never have understood that because the beneficiary does not receive the benefits not while they're alive, but when they're dead. We should call it death insurance. But we call it life insurance. We don't like the terminology of death. Well, my friend... We do everything in our power to keep death away from our doorsteps. We buckle up. We got airbags. We try to uh, eat the right kind of food. We try to exercise. We try to do everything in our power to keep death away from our doorsteps. But death is inevitable. I'm reminded of what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 8. Listen, it says, No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit, and no one has the power in the day of death. There is no release from that war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. And then also in Psalms 89, verse 48, listen to this. What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? Death is enemy number one. And we try to stay away from that terminology. But we see when you least expect it, 
Death knocks upon the door, just as we saw it this past Friday evening there in Paris. Those people that was there in that concert hall, they never dreamed that that might be the last place that they will ever draw breath on this side of eternity. There at that mall, you today, going, living life in its, as in its fullness, and yet you're just one heartbeat away from death. I remember I was preaching in a revival sermon, uh, revival in uh, in right outside of Myrtle Beach one particular time, and I remember I was preaching on a subject similar to this that you could possibly meet death at the next moment. There was a young man there that I could see that he was under tremendous conviction. And I remember as he was walking out the door, I asked him, I said, young man, I said, have you ever invited Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life? He says, no, but I'm going to. I says, well, great. Why about, what about right now? He says, no, not right now. He said, there's a couple things I gotta take care of. But tomorrow night, I'll be back and I'm going to give my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart kind of sunk when he said that. Because I thought, the Bible says you're not promised tomorrow. The Bible reminds us that today is the day of salvation. And I remember, as the pastor and I were getting ready to leave that night, there was a car that come racing into the driveway and says, Pastor, come quickly. There's been a terrible accident right up the road. This young man was on a motorcycle and he went around a curve. And little did he realize he was going in out into eternity and he met a car, an automobile, head on. And he died. Needless to say, as horrible as that was, the automobile that he ran into was his dad. Can you imagine? That close of coming to know Christ as Savior, and yet death knocked upon his life. Friend, we never know how close death is to us. I like the story where this woman was with her husband, you've heard it, I'm sure, at the... uh, at the doctor's office, and the doctor told the lady, she said, uh, could I see you for a few moments? And so uh, she went back to the doctor, and she says, your husband's very ill. says, now there are several things that I'd like to encourage you and invite you to do to prolong his life. says, first of all, you need to make sure early in the morning that you fix him a nice, warm and hot meal, a hot breakfast. You need to go out and get the newspaper for him. You need to make sure that you got his uh, his uh, bedroom slippers uh, available for him. Make sure that you take his uh, pillow and pat it up. 
real tight that he may sit back comfortable. And then, of course, at lunch, make sure that you fix a nice meal for him. Make sure that the house is real uh, clean and make sure that all the uh, uh, germs is, has been washed away. And, and then, of course, at night, make sure that you give him a uh, foot uh, massage and uh, just make sure that he's happy and everything is so fine for him. Going home that afternoon she, from the doctor's office, the guy looked at her, had his wife, and said, well, what did the doctor say? He said, well, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all going to die, my friend. Truth number one, we must expect the fact of death. But truth number two, look with me, if you would, please, in verse 21. We'll experience the force of death. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 21. Now Martha said, and I want you to sense the aggravation of, of Martha here. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Jesus purposely had delayed his coming. He wanted everyone to know that when he got there, that Lazarus was dead. He'd been dead for four days. Words like that have been echoed millions of times. Lord, if you had been here, my husband would have not have died. Lord, if you had been here, my child would have not have died. Lord, if you had been here, our marriage would have not have died. And it was almost as if God had no compassion, no love. There's a sense of aggravation. There's a sense of, of Mary, I mean Martha, questioning the goodness of God and the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember... I was speaking at one time at this particular place, and I was speaking on Romans 8, 28. For all things work together to the good of them who love you and call according to your purpose. After the service, there was a gentleman that came up to me. He says, you spoke to my heart today. He says, but I must admit to you, I have anger in my heart. I said, well, please tell me what's going on. He said, I had a two-year-old that had died from leukemia. Why did God take my son? You say all things work together. I don't understand how this could be work out to the good. I thought as I sat there and I thought as this young man was talking to me about his his son son of two years of age, how would I feel if that had been my child? Sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances and situations that we don't understand or see the goodness of God at the present moment. 
But God says all things work together to the good. That maybe at the moment we don't understand what good could come out of cancer. What good could come out of leukemia? What good can come out of death? And yet God sometimes delay of revealing to us the goodness of what he wants to demonstrate in our life, just like he did in the life of Martha and Mary. John chapter 11, look with me in verse 25 and 26. It's almost like a contradiction between these two verses of scriptures. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Though he may die, he may live. Now notice what the Bible says in verse 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. It's almost, it seems like there's a contradiction. But you must understand that he's talking about two different types of death. In verse 25, he's talking about a physical death. In verse 26, he's talking about a spiritual death. A physical death. The Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die. Physically, we're all going to die. But spiritually, my friend, you don't have to die. You say, what do you mean by that? It's very simple. The Bible talks about we must be born again. It's just as simple as this. If you're born once, you're going to die twice. You'll die physically and you'll die spiritually. You'll die as the soul was separated from the body, but also your soul separated from God himself, which is called the second death. But if you've been born twice, I've been born physically, but I've been born again. I will only die once, my friend. Physically. But my soul will never die. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. It's impossible for anyone to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to die spiritually. All the death that took place took place 2,000 years ago. When Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, that he took your sins and he paid the penalty of sin at that moment, which was death. And so when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, my friend, you will not die spiritually. But you'll die only physically. As the soul was separated from the body. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I am so grateful to know without a shadow of a doubt that when death comes and invades this body, it cannot touch my soul. But that I live forever and ever and ever. That's the importance, my friend, that we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's not fire insurance, but my friend, it's eternal assurance. That eternity that I am secured 
for all eternity that will pass by. So we must experience the force of death. Everybody wanted healing for Lazarus, but Jesus wanted a resurrection. You know what this was? This was nothing. This was something that Jesus was going to demonstrate in the days to come. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ comes back again, he will not just say Lazarus come forth, but he'll say all the saints of God come forth. And every tomb and every grave is going to awaken and out comes the dead in Christ rising first, the Bible says. Can you imagine that day? As Jesus Christ comes again, that the dead in Christ shall rise out of that grave just as Lazarus rose from the grave, just as Jesus arose from the grave. Your loved one that who has died, his soul has been ascended into heaven, but his body has gone back to the dust of the grave. And as uh, Jesus comes again, that body and that soul is going to be reunited. And therefore, they're going to ascend up out of the, ha- out of the uh, grave into the heavens for the glory of God. But thirdly, I want you to see something else. Not only we must expect the fact of death, Death is a reality. But then secondly, we must experience the force of death. And then thirdly, we can escape the fear of death. The fear of death? What in the world? Back in the days of Jesus and the days of Lazarus, when someone would die, they did not have embalming fluids as we have today, as when someone dies, they would embalm the body. But they would wrap them up in clothing and spices. And they would take them out upon the hillside and they would carve out upon the hill a cave. And there they would have a rock that they would roll on in front of that entrance of that cave after that body has been placed within that cave. They do that, of course, to keep the wild animals away from the body. They do that, of course, to keep away the grave robbers. And there we find, here is Lazarus. He's in a grave. And Jesus comes upon the scene. And he tells them, roll the stone away. Martha says, but Lord... He has been dead for four days. Well, he's got to have that deathly stench. But then Jesus says, Lazarus! It was almost as if Lazarus hears the command of Jesus. And he says, come forth! Lazarus was liberated from the bonds of death at that very moment. But not only liberated from the bonds of death, but he was liberated from the fear of death. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Go back and look at the passage of Scripture. Look what he says in verse 43. And now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 
And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Look in John chapter 12. What happened to Lazarus after he came forth? He began to walk around in the midst of the people. People came from miles and miles and miles wanting to see this man by the name of Lazarus. Here was a man who'd been dead for four days and now he's alive. People were telling everybody about the news about Lazarus. The Pharisees became very upset for what had taken place. The Bible says in verse 9, it says, Now with great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Many people came to know Christ because of the experience of Lazarus. And the Pharisees came to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, we're going to put you to death. <laughs> Lazarus kind of snickered. He said, been there, done that. <laughs> you can't hurt me, my friend. You can't hurt me. He had been freed from the bonds of fear. And my friend, I want you to understand, you too, who have come to know Jesus Christ, He has released you from the bonds of fear. Let death come. I have seen it time after time after time after time. Saints of God who die with a smile on their face because They've been released from the bonds of fear. There's people today that are experiencing a crisis in their life that threatens them. And because of that fear, they are all bound with that fear. Well, my friend, the same way Jesus came and released the bonds of fear and the bonds of death from Lazarus, he comes to release you today and to give you eternal life and eternal hope. I heard about a general one time in the Civil War. He'd been wounded and he was about to die. And he began to cry out, I want what he has. I want what he has. And he was talking about this soldier who had just died, mortally wounded. And they couldn't figure out what he was talking about. And then finally, the general said, that guy said he had a peace that passeth all understanding. A peace. 
that passes all understanding. My friend, that's exactly what Jesus does, does he not? He gives you a peace. You're here today. Sir, I'm here to tell you, by the authority of the Word of God, you're going to die. You're going to die. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how. But, sir, you're going to die. But I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to die? Do you have a peace? Do you fear death? Can you have the assurance of saying, I have a peace that passes all understanding? If you don't, you can. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came forth out of the grave, he came forth with the keys of victory over death. And Jesus expressed it and demonstrated it not only with Lazarus, but just a little while later as Jesus died upon that cross, he too was placed in a grave. And I believe not Jesus, but the Father in heaven says, Lord Jesus, come forth out of that grave. Up from the grave he arose, coming forth with life in life eternal. And so when I invite Jesus into my life, guess what? I invite his life into my life. And his resurrection becomes my resurrection. His eternal life becomes my eternal life. Why should I fear? This old body's going to decay anyway. Let it go back to the dust. But my soul will live forever and ever. How about yours? Will yours do that? Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for the victory that you've given to us. I thank you, dear Lord, for the way you've exercised that in the life of Lazarus. Yes, up from that grave, Lazarus came forth. Up from the grave, he came forth with the bonds being released. The bonds of death and the bonds of fear and the bonds of of all the things that would try to hinder and hamper us. Lord, I believe I'm talking to someone today that only you know that within the next 24 hours they could be faced with death and they don't even realize it. And you're trying to remind them of the importance of trusting you as Lord and Savior. And having that assurance that when death knocks upon that door, that they have a peace that passes all understanding. So Lord, in the midst of this moment, I pray there's not one single person will walk out the doors of this church without saying, I know that I know that I know that I know that if death comes and knocks upon my door, 
I'll be walking through that door of eternal life. And I'll enter into the kingdom of God to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Never again be faced with the sorrows of life. Never again be faced with the sins of life. Never again be faced with heartache and trouble. Because I have received eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ.